Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conan. And I'm joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, how's it going, man? Hey, Sam. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right myself, thanks. So uh, another big week of UCLA sports. Uh, a split road trip so far for UCLA men's basketball, taking on Oregon on Thursday, losing that one, but coming back with a big blowout win over Oregon State on Saturday. So we are going to break that down for you. Uh, UCLA football made a, a few big staff moves. Um, you know, new inside linebackers coach, a familiar face uh, to a lot of Bruin fans. So we'll be breaking that down in addition to some details that came out on Chip Kelly's contract extension that kind of confirmed some beliefs we had from uh, different reports that had come out over the past few weeks and the weeks leading up to him signing that in January. And then UCLA men's basketball is also playing Washington on Monday night and then closing things up for the regular season against USC on Saturday. So we'll take a look ahead, see where the Bruins lie heading into the final week of regular season action and how that could set them up for the Pac-12 tournament and March Madness. So a lot to cover here. I uh, just want to say, if you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Uh, on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you're listening, we appreciate it. And uh, just tell anyone you know about us, spread the word, and we appreciate you listening. And yeah. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right up to Olympic coverage, and it's the best in the business. 
from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. With that out of the way, let's just hop right in. Uh, Travis, two very different games for UCLA. The Thursday game against Oregon, they lose that one. Uh, a tight one, but it felt ugly. It was really just which team was going to lose it, and UCLA could not hit a shot to save its life. And then on Saturday, Oregon State, uh, wow, just absolute destruction, blowout, pretty much a 40-point win. They had a 21 or 22-0 run at one point in the second half. It was just dominance. What do you think it is about this team that they can score 63 and lose one night and then come out on the same exact road trip and just score 35 more points and just completely bury its opponent? You know, Sam, I've I've thought about it, and, you know, I don't know. It's so weird. (laughs) Um, You know, as think about their highs, like the Villanova game, the Arizona game, and then how terrible they looked against Oregon, against Arizona State, at Arizona State. Um, I mean, look, they're a banged-up team. You know, and obviously they were missing, you know, uh, Johnny Juzang, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also feel like, uh, you know, like they're just banged up and like Jaime is Jaime is hit and miss. I think when Jaime gets it going, they're better, you know. But if he's not getting it going, they're not as good maybe. They're not as dynamic. They're a jump shot shooting team. And that's what I think what UCLA is. Besides Jaime in the post, uh, who are their guys that get to the basket? Everybody's shooting jumpers, you know. Uh, even in their inside game with Cody – and Mr. Johnson, I just feel like, uh, you know, is not strong enough where they get easy buckets. It seems like a lot of their buckets are hard, hard buckets, you know? So either they're hitting their threes and they're opening up the game or they're missing their threes and it's a tight game. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I mean, you're right. But where some people will say, oh, you can't rely on making a million threes to win a game. Well, they made a million threes and they won by 40. So it's not like they need to hit a million threes to eke out a win like a like a Washington State does or someone who's who's really relying on kind of the luck of hitting jumpers. It, they got really good looks against Oregon. We, we've talked on this pod before about how Mick Cronin has kind of designed this offense and at times it can be stagnant and poor and too reliant on ISO. And on Thursday against Oregon, especially with – Johnny Juzang, your best ISO scorer, out for the second half. Their offense looked fine in terms of how they were running it. And that's the the weirdest part because you you take that and it looks good and they get good looks and they were just missing open jumpers. And I guess that's what happens on the road. And, and I'm sure that Mick Cronin would like to be able to win games in which his team cannot hit a three-pointer. I think they missed... 12 or 13 threes in a row in the second half on Thursday. But all it takes is two threes out of that 13 in a row missed stretch. And, and what's that? That's one of six, a little bit better, a little bit worse. That's like not, it's 13%. So you want to be shooting 13% instead of 0% in one stretch, and that's what wins you a game. It's, it's just 
you can't be a horrible shooting team and expect to win a game unless you are 100% absolutely elite on defense. They're good on defense. They're really good. I mean, that Oregon loss, I, I know it wasn't a, a lot of possessions in that game, but you still hold Oregon to under 70. You should win that game if you're not awful at shooting, and they were awful at shooting on Thursday. No, I, def- I definitely agree with you on that. I think that, um, they, you know, like – like I said, shooting comes and goes, but they got to stay solid on defense. I feel like UCLA sometimes let their offense affect their defense, you know? If they're yep. shooting bad, they don't play as hard defense. They have slip-ups. And, you know, let's face it, Oregon is just a bad matchup for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen <laughs> you know, twice now. Twice, you know, so it's not a fluke. But this whole weekend, let's let's let's, let's retract. This whole weekend was probably the craziest weekend I've ever seen in college basketball. <laughs> yes, where, definitely. It's just Saturday alone. Saturday alone, seven, seven. That's 70% of the top 10 loses. You don't never see that. You might, We might not never see that again. You know, the number one, two, three, uh, Five, six, seven, nine, and four all go down. You know, I've never seen anything like that. So I think uh, it's, it was an interesting, interesting weekend, you know. Um, but, yeah, getting back to you, said, I just wanted to say that, you know, like with them, they let their offense affect their defense sometimes. And obviously Nick Cronin is going to grow with his – you know what it is. You're going to roll with his four or five guys, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I think most of those teams that we're talking about, like Gonzaga and Auburn, uh, whoever it was, they lost on the road. And you say they lost on the road to Oregon. I get it. Teams don't shoot very well on the road, typically. And when you are taking a lot of jump shots, even if you're creating open looks in the flow of your offense, it's going to be tough. So... I get it. It, it. it sucks, but I, I understand. And it happens to great teams like Gonzaga, too. So they're not alone. Really, I think their only home loss this year is to Oregon. Oregon, who is a, still a bubble team right now on the outside looking in, but could very well get in. So if you have one uh, neutral loss to Gonzaga, the best team in the country, and one home loss to Oregon, who, who could potentially be a tournament team. Depends how they close out this week and how they do at the Pac-12 tournament. Um, that's not a bad resume. But to be an absolute great team, you have to be able to win some games on the road, and UCLA has not been able to do that against good teams. Um, it, it, it was a great win in terms of morale boost and everything on Saturday against Oregon State, scoring 94 points, getting all five starters in double digits. I mean, and that's what they need. So they they created open looks and took advantage of a bad defensive team like Oregon State, and they actually hit those open looks because it was such a not it was such a nothing environment, unlike Oregon or, or like St. Mary's teams that have out west that do have kind of big home court advantages. And I, I know Washington is not going to be a great one in terms of the environment. It's going to be a Monday night team that's not going to make the tournament. So. They should be able to avoid a, a tough road environment there, and then they'll be at home on Saturday. So that that should be good enough for them where they got their jump shot going. They, they were starting to hit shots a little bit more on Saturday, 
and they'll ride that into another non-hostile environment and then a home game and then go back to neutral sites and hopefully they're better on neutral than they were in November. Um, but when you're talking about letting their offense affect their defense, I think that's just the style of how they play when they're taking so many jumpers and missing them. That leads to long rebounds, and with a lot of long rebounds, you get tired out, and you have to play defense in transition more, and they're not as good at defense uh, in transition. So if they slow the game down, and I, I think a few weeks ago when they also weren't hitting threes, but they were only taking 12 or 13, is almost a better recipe for success than what they did against Oregon on Thursday when I think they took 24. Because when you're taking 24 threes and missing 20 of them, you're going hard after offensive rebounds, you're chasing long rebounds, you're running after them when they get a long rebound. It gets messy. So as much as I like them taking threes, if things are going so horribly from three, it's better to slow things down and try to work it inside. So even if you miss and you can't get those inside buckets, at least you can get back and set your defense. Well, I definitely agree with you, Sam. I, I feel like, look, we're not the Houston Rockets. It doesn't have to be analytics kind of thing, you know, or the old Houston Rockets, not now, but like, you know, we don't have to <laughs> shoot. The good ones, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't have to shoot threes just because, you know. Like, if you're four for 24 or whatever it was for them at the three on Thursday, stop shooting the three. You don't have to go four <laughs> for 24. You can go four for 16. And those other eight shots are in 16 feet. Maybe you make half of them. Maybe you make all of them. And even if you miss all of them, your defense is going to be better off for it. Yeah, like to me, like you don't have to shoot threes just because they're open, you know. I think there's sometimes when people be like, you know, you're open for a reason. And, you know, like you might hit a three here, hit a three there, whatever the case is, but you don't have to shoot threes just because they're giving you that you can kind of force the issue sometimes um yeah and like I said like obviously against Oregon State they hit the threes that's just the difference but I think UCLA is better than that as a team they're better than just if they hit threes they're winning and if they lose they're losing they don't hit their losing sorry yeah and I think that it'll be more of the same against Washington uh, that it was against Oregon State. Maybe not to the point where it's a 40-point win, but we saw what they did with them just a week ago. They should take care of them pretty easily. Um, a team that's not great at blocking shots or being overly athletic, and and that's something that Oregon is and that Arizona is and USC is. So when you're playing those top teams in the Pac-12 and you're playing Gonzaga and other elite teams, uh, it, it's going to be a struggle when Cody Riley and Jaime Jaquez, in the physical condition they're in, keep getting blocks down low. But if you're playing a bad defensive team like Oregon State, like Washington, then you can feed those guys in the post and it's fine. Um, but if not, you're going to need to hit some threes. Uh, and if you're not hitting threes and you're getting blocked at the rim, you're going to have to get creative on offense. So we'll see what Mick Cronin does. But uh, before we move on, just want to say Jules Bernard finally uh, looked like his pre-COVID self he, he shot over 50% from the field, over 50% from three, didn't miss a free throw. So that's good from him. Tiger, he was eight for 10 from the field, four or six from three, uh, five assists, no turnovers, 20 points. If that if that's what they're getting out of the backcourt, plus some defense from Jalen Clark and Miles Johnson, they're in really good shape. So pretty much everything went right on Saturday, and they've shown they can do that to 
bad teams and mediocre teams. Let's see if they can do it against great teams. Yes, yes, yes. I think, um, well, one, first they got to get healthy, right? Um, Johnny has to come back and, you know, like on, on Monday or Saturday, and then they got to get healthy. And once they're healthy, it's, and I'll tell you from personal experience, it's not necessarily about your seating, it's about the matchups, right? Um, if they put you in a bracket where you got, you know, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, all in the same bracket as one, two, three, or whatever, um, yeah, that's a bad matchup for S- for UCLA. Um, I think that, uh, you know, like it's, they just got to be healthy down the stretch and just know what they are. And if they know that they, if, they, if we're a jump shooting team, you know, UCLA, if we're a jump shooting team, okay, we're a jump shooting team. When we're hitting, we're blowing teams out. But even when we're missing, we got to play hard enough defense to keep us in the game until we start hitting. And with them too many times, it's a situation where they're missing shots and they kind of, you know, like give up a layup here, give up a rebound there. And before you know it, they've lost to an inferior team, you know? What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at just under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All right, coming back now to talk a little UCLA football, uh, middle of the offseason, but still getting some news in. Uh, the, the big news this week was Ken Norton Jr., uh, former All-American at UCLA, uh, former uh, NFL player, NFL standout, and uh, Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator most recently. He is joining UCLA as their next inside linebackers coach, and that also means that Don Pelham, the final holdover from the original Chip Kelly staff, uh, he is retiring. He's on his way out. So uh, big coaching move there. And then also just wanted to touch on Chip Kelly's contract. It's uh, four years, $22 million, uh, a lot of bonuses, a lot of things you'd expect in that kind of contract, the, the college football coach contract staples pretty much. But the interesting thing is the buyout. I think if Chip decides to leave before the end of the 2022 regular season, uh, he has to pay UCLA $3 million. If he leaves before the 2023 regular season ends, then he has to pay $1.5 million. And then on the other end, if UCLA decides to fire him, uh, they have to pay him 70% of whatever salary and uh, talent fees and bonuses remain on his contract up until December 2023. So pretty much uh, if they fire him at the end of this season, it's about a $4.1 million buyout. And firing him after 2023 
is just nothing for anyone. Both sides can walk away, which effectively makes it the same way that this past deadline was in January where they had to pay $9 million or reach the deadline and sides can go their separate ways. It's pretty much a two-year deal for Chip Kelly, really just confirming 2022 and adding 2023 onto it, and the rest is just fluff if they want to get there and reach an extension. But like we said, it's a, it was going to be a prove-it deal. This is pretty much what we expected. Small buyout, short leash, and yeah, I, I think that's about what he deserved <laughs> based on his track record and what he'd been doing in Westwood. Um, but, you know, he hired Ken Norton. He's a, a fan favorite, uh, even though he coached at USC for a little bit and became a Pete Carroll guy. He's still a Bruin, and, and the fan base is, is all in on him. So that's good to see. But if that hire doesn't work out, if the season goes sideways, it's not the end of the world. They have to fire him. It's not as much of a financial burden, and it, it's a much simpler road than it was in his last contract. Well, no, I agree. I think, uh, look, they're not going to fire him next year, no matter what happens, you know, because they don't want to have to pay 70% of his contract after this year. That's only, but it's, it's 70% of what he's going to get before the end of 2023. So it's only 4.1 million if they fire him after this season. So it's not out of the question. Yeah. It's so, and, and say he had a $9 million buyout before. So you cut that in half pretty much is what it's going to be if they fire him at the end of the season. They're not going to fire him early in midseason, whatever, because it'll still pretty much be a $9 million buyout. And he's coming off an in for a year. You just extended him. You're not going to fire him like five games in. But but financially speaking, they they have given themselves more of an out than they had before. Well, no, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to fire him after this year anyway. I think they're going to, you know, I think they're going to get minimum two years. Um, Ken Norton being a coach is huge because guess what? He went to UCLA. He knows, he knows the system. He knows that. And he's an NBA Super Bowl. I mean, NBA NFL Super Bowl champion, you know? Yeah. As a coach and as a player. Yes. One, one time as a coach, three as a player with the Cowboys, with the Niners, those dynasties there in the early nineties. That matters. That that carries some weight for sure. It does. So you can, you know, like he can mention him in the recruiting process, like an inside linebacker be like, look, you want to learn from a guy who's a Super Bowl champion and, and, and coached in the NFL. And, you know, like he's kind of the perfect guy for, for UCLA. Um, you know, like I said, as far as the contract goes, I think he, he got he basically has two years to show what he has, you know. And that's why yeah. in these next two years, you'll see a lot of transfers. You're going to see less patience with the freshmen. Uh, you're going to see him going for a lot of wins. So, you know, I think that it's going to be – you won't see him schedule Titan teams. Like, you won't see him play Alabama or Ohio State. you probably see him play uh, – well, they got the schedule for the next two years, and it's a bunch of just cream puffs, really. I think next year gets a little tougher with, uh, I think it's San Diego State and Coastal Carolina. And Coastal's been good, but uh, who knows how long that's going to last. And San Diego State beat UCLA in 2018 or 19. I think it was Chip's first year, or maybe it was his second in 2019. Uh, and that was pretty ugly. I don't see that happening again. If it does, let's say UCLA loses to San Diego State and week two of the 2023 season he can get fired right there and the buyout would be like 
3.5 million or whatever it would be, I could see that happening. I think he has a really short leash. He could get fired at the end of this year. If they take even a minimal step back, or even if they stay put, I think he's done. I'm not saying absolutely. I think there is a good chance that he's done. And also, if they're great, I think there's a, a really good shot that he keeps trying to go for an NFL job. So they, the only way I see Chip Kelly coming back, even for 2023, is if they finish with 9 or 10 wins. 8 wins, I, I see that too. If they get 7 wins or fewer, I think he gets fired. If they get 11 wins or more, I think he moves on to the NFL. That that's the kind of situation they're in where he should yeah. move out to NFL if they get eleven wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that would be that would be insane. I don't see that happening. I think this is an it, this is an eight to ten win team. And if they're in eight to ten, he comes back for twenty twenty three. Honestly, if they get eight to ten again in twenty twenty three, he might just retire or just go for an NFL coordinator job. I really don't feel like he's in this for the long run. He's not fully bought in on NIL. He's not putting out a lot of offers out there for for recruits. And we, we've been talking about it for a long time here. He's doing a lot of kind of stopgap fixes to whatever's wrong with his team. Say, oh, yeah, get a transfer here. Oh, yeah, get a, a, a day one ready coach here. No, no projects here for coaches or players or recruiting styles. Or, nope, just kind of plug and play, keep things going as long as I can. And then when it's done or when things break apart or when Doran and, and Zach Charbonnet leave, Oh, okay. I'm done. Yeah, it's gonna get tough. I don't really want to do it anymore. Which I don't blame him. But I, I don't mean to say that as like, oh, he quits when they go and gets tough. It's more like, no. I mean, he's been around a while. He's done what he what he can, what he wants to. And I feel like it's at some point, he's he's gonna bow out. Oh no, definitely. I definitely feel like that. I mean, look, if a coach just gave you your best uh, season in years, right? And then it, you, you you extend them basically a two year deal. Uh, I think he knows the writing is on the wall, and I think with him it's just like he what he's gonna do. He's gonna do these. It's like you said, stop gaps or transfer protocol. He's not a, he's not gonna recruit heavy. He's gonna just keep getting transfers. I guarantee you that. Um, it's gonna be a situation where it's gonna be interesting to see like what happens because let, let's just say, I mean, like you said, the schedule. Is favorable. They could they could win, uh, you know, nine ten games, right? Yeah, definitely. And then what if he says, okay, you know, I win nine ten games, and then he wins nine ten games next year, or the year after this, you know, and uh, you know, then he then you might have to you might have to give him what he wants, like a six year extension, you know. And see, that's my thing, though, because I feel like what I was saying, if he does better than that, he leaves for the NFL. If he does worse, he gets fired. If he has two years in a row of being good, pretty good, I think he'll reach that December 2023 date. And I don't even know if he'll be looking for a six-year deal. I think he'll kind of be like, okay, I, I did what I did. Maybe go get like a two-year coordinator job in the NFL if, if no one's looking for a head coach. But I, I think if he hasn't taken the next step and elevated this program and used that to boost himself into a new job, I don't think he really is going to be here for the long run. No, you're probably right. I think um, I was just thinking, optim you know, uh, optimistically. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it depends. Is the optimistic person hoping that 
Chip Kelly is gone or is the optimistic person hoping Chip Kelly does great and stays? <laughs> There's two different ways for different types of optimists to look at this because, I mean, yeah, they won eight games last year and they could win 10 this year, but I don't think there are too many people who are over the moon about where the program stands. There are definitely a lot of people who are still hoping that someone else comes in sooner or later. Well, look, I, I think every year is turnover, right? And so he could be gone after this year or next year. I think it could be the next great, you know, spot for a, another coach that, that's willing to leave and come to UCLA. I think it's going to, I think it's really going to depend how SC does in a way, because if SC starts dominating and winning like 10, 11 games every year, um, you're only going to get a mid-major kind of coach to come here and try to compete with that. You're not going to get a big time pro, you know, big time uh, head coach to leave a big time program to come to UCLA when they're playing second fiddle to SC. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year. Really? I think, I think, cause I think they'll win about eight, nine games. Now, can they beat SC this year? We'll see, you know? Um, but I guarantee if they don't beat SC this year, they won't beat them for a long time. Yeah, I think that that's definitely an interesting balance when it comes to the crosstown rivalry and all that. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. But yeah, Chip Kelly's contract details, they're out. Ken Norton Jr. on his way back. I think the interesting thing uh, but before we move on here is that between uh, Ken Norton Jr. coming in as inside linebackers coach and Bill McGovern coming in as defensive coordinator, also from an inside linebackers background, you got the guys who coached up uh, Khalil Mack, Bobby Wagner, Clay Matthews, Ray Malaga, uh, Bruce Irvin, Malcolm Smith, uh, Brian Cushing, Luke Keekley, um, uh, Mark Herzlick, and um, Rokon Smith. A lot of good linebackers at the NFL and college level. That's definitely a selling point for those two when they go out on the recruiting trail. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. So with that message and that segment uh, out of the way, let's get back to a little more hoops before closing this thing out. UCLA, they're playing Washington on Monday. They totally handled the Huskies uh, about 10 days ago, whatever it was. Just absolutely drove them into the ground. Washington didn't even look like a Power 5 program, not even D1 program in most of that second half. So really what we're looking forward to here is the USC game on Saturday. 
Mick Cronin, 0-5 against the Trojans in his career at UCLA. That's inexcusable. I mean, I guess the excuses are that he's pretty good at beating everyone else and he's a good coach. But when it comes to the, the micro, just the small picture of that rivalry, Mick Cronin really has to come out and, and beat USC. I, I, they, they'll meet again probably in the Pac-12 tournament, so he'll have another chance there. But just get this monkey off your back, Mick. Do whatever it takes. Uh, Johnny Juzang, uh, he had the ankle injury against Oregon. Um, he's probably not going to play Monday. Even if he's close, I would sit him, rest him for the USC game, because you need that win a lot more. And you need Johnny a lot more in that USC game. Because if you come in shorthanded uh, against a team that beat you when you were at full strength and they were shorthanded, I, I don't know what, what you're hoping for there. I know you're at home, but yeah, they're going to need to go all out for this USC game. I, I mean, I don't want to say go on cruise control for the Washington game because it's a road game in conference and there are upsets and, and they could very well lose. It. Who knows? But I'm sorry, you got to focus on that USC game 110%. No, I definitely agree. You, look, there's one thing that we was always taught from the UCLA. You don't lose the USC. You don't lose the USC ever. <laughs> you know, you never let them have a one-up on you. I think UCLA, like we talked about before, and like I told you, if they beat SC Saturday and then they beat SC in the, in the Pac-12 tournament, that can only help them. Now, do I think a two-seed is probably out of the works? Probably, Yes. But a three seed, they still can get a three seed, you know, if they went out. <laughs> I told you, if they went yeah. out, yep. they can still get a three seed. I'm telling you, their strength of schedule and who they've beaten is a three seed worthy team, but just can't have these stumbles versus teams they shouldn't be losing to. So um, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, they should be able to beat Washington. I, uh, on the road, but I guarantee you it won't be a blowout. It'll be more, way more tougher, uh, yeah, than it was, definitely. you know, than it was at home. Um, and like I said, the, you know, the USC game, USC team is a toss up because they went, like, you know, UCLA lost to Oregon and they went and beat Oregon in Oregon. So, um, like I said, they're a good team. And like, like we, you just, you said earlier, Sam, that UCLA struggles versus athletic teams. They just do. Um, SC's super athletic, super long, and it's going to be a challenge for uh, UCLA. So the big man, Cody Johnson, you know, Mr. Johnson and, and Jaime is going to have their hands full on Saturday with the length and the athleticism they uh, SC brings so you're right I think on Johnny if he if he can sit sit him and have him you know at least 90% against SC because um, you're going to need like you said we're going to need that win even more now you can't struggle and lose but you're going to need that win against SC a lot yeah definitely and and you have what is it Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday you have four days of rest between those games so it's not like I'm saying like a load management thing. It's more just I don't I don't want Johnny to re-aggravate any injury. I, I just don't want him to go down with anything major with that ankle uh, before that SC game. So it, just be precautious, precautionary. It would take take just be very careful. 
<laughs> to to Mick Crone when it comes to Johnny Juzang. And I think he will, because you look at the end of last regular season when Johnny had an ankle thing and he benched him for that last game against USC because he wasn't totally sure about his ankle. And he said, you know what? I feel confident about where we are heading into March. I think we'll make the tournament and we need Johnny for March. So he's not playing this game. Got to make sure he's good to go by the time we get to the Pac-12 tournament, NCAA tournament. And it ended up paying off. So I, I think Mick ha- has shown that he has this tendency in the past and it's a good one. So I, I trust he'll make that kind of decision again. When it comes to the USC game, the first time they played, basically everyone played like crap except Tiger Campbell last time. Oh, I think he had 27 points. He was, he was hitting threes. Uh, he's in floaters. He's in free throws. He was really good that game. Uh, no one else was <laughs> at all, besides maybe Miles Johnson, uh, who started the second half of that game. That kind of started a, a trend of him getting more minutes than Cody Riley. But I think Miles Johnson is going to be even more important this time because Isaiah Mobley wasn't playing last time. So if Mobley's out there, you're going to need Miles Johnson on him a lot more. Uh, I, I don't really want to see any Cody Riley on Isaiah Mobley action. I know we're going to have to see some, but I am really hoping that Miles gets more minutes than Cody. I know that Cody can give you that deep mid-range. He even hit a three on Saturday in the blowout, but you're going to need that length, that defense, that rebounding, the IQ on both ends of the floor for Miles that I think gives you the leg up when you're playing a long defensive, just all-around athlete like Isaiah Mobley. I don't think I don't think uh, Riley plays Mobley. I think, uh, like you said, Johnson to play him, but I, I think that they're going to put Jaime on him. To be honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that. I see that. Some. You no. Know, um, I, I I think he he would take advantage of of Cody Riley. He would take advantage exactly. of exactly because he, yeah. he's slow but, and he's a, and he's up and unathletic. But, but the thing is, Jaime, where he is with his ankles right now, is kind of slow and athletic, <laughs> at least by his standards. He's not. He's not the Jaime he was last March or or what, what he was like even in November against Villanova and stuff. So it, Mick Cronin's going to have to make some serious decisions. Yes, I think, like I said, we, we've we seen like what is this team's kryptonite, athletic teams. They've lost to all every athletic team they've played this year. Um, you know, the, Gonzaga and, and, and Arizona and, and Oregon twice. SC, you know, um, they and even even Arizona State in, in 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 a different kind of way. So they have to play better against these athletic teams because that's what you're going to see in the tournament. You're going to see some you know tremendous athletic teams in the tournament. I think um, this year in particular, there is no one dominant team, you know, uh, but there are a bunch of good teams. Uh, last year, obviously, there were a couple teams that were pretty good, pretty pretty dominant. Uh, and I thought that Gonzaga was dominant, and I thought that Baylor was dominant. But there is no teams like those teams last year. So UCLA can really, really roll, or they can lose in the first round. It's just kind of up in the air. Yeah, I, I just think when it comes to this USC game, uh, it's, it's going to tell you, is UCLA on that top tier? that really big top tier, the bigger than usual top tier with a bunch of teams that can win it? Or is it on the good, not great tier? There have been different times this year where we said they're great. Other times where we said they're just fine. They're good enough. I think the USC game is going to be really big. Also, uh, a huge moment here for Mick Cronin to adjust 
on how things went against Drew Peterson. Drew Peterson, that game, absolutely tore them apart, and he is just a man possessed right now. Starting with that game, I know USC's won six in a row. They probably should have lost like three of those games. They play really gross, tight games. I mean, yeah, they, they beat Oregon State in double overtime. They beat Oregon. But it took a Drew Peterson like three. They points. basically beat him at, at the buzzer. Yeah, like to me, yeah. they should have lost to Oregon. Yeah, the Oregon. And Oregon they, had the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Oregon had the game until Drew Peterson just came back to life because he's on another level right now. He scored twenty-seven with twelve rebounds against UCLA uh, towards the beginning of the month, and just his last five games, he's averaging twenty points, eight rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block shooting 51% from the field, shooting 56% from three, 83% from the line. God, that is a scary dude. I mean, you look at him and you see like like skinny white wing dude, but he is long. He's got long arms. He's got good instincts. He is, he is good. And if they let him go off the same way he did earlier in the month, they're going to have problems. So Isaiah Mobley is a guy to focus on because he wasn't there last time. And Drew Peterson's a guy to focus on because he's a guy who tore them apart last time. Can they come in with a good game plan against both? Let's see. I, I'd like to think they can and finally pull one off against USC. But really, those are the two guys you're going to have to shut down. No, I agreed. I, I think, you know, um, once again, we talked about it. The wings and the bigs are going to have to play big, big this week, you know. Um to, to combat the athleticism and especially like you said, you know, he's a Peterson's playing out of his mind. Like you said, like uh he's been killing, you know, hitting threes, rebounding, playing hard. You know, uh he reminds me a little bit of like Austin Reeves, but a better version of that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I see that. Yeah, so like this, it's gonna be interesting to see. I'm actually excited. I mean, I think that you know, is the crowd's gonna be rocking because it's SC. And, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, UCLA is going to come in. They're going to come in. I think, you know, they're going to come in ready. I think they're going to come in ready. And I think they're going to win, you know. But it's up to them to kind of pull it off. They need to go into the the Pac-12 tournament on a little bit of a high note. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that will be it for this week's episode of Believe in UCLA, brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, Travis, thanks so much for joining me again today. And uh, where can people find you and your work online? All right, pretty much you can find me at, at Travis W Reed on Instagram R E E D and Travis W Reed on Facebook. I post uh, pretty much all my social media on those two. Um, you catch me on an athlete's journey on the same network. Um, you know, by interview other former athletes about their journeys is really good. Check it out. Uh, also, uh, coming to YouTube, uh, with that show. So be on the lookout for that as well. Good stuff. Good stuff. So you can find me on Twitter at Sam Conan, and you can also check out, uh, all Bruins.com, which is the UCLA sports site on sports illustrated and fan nation. So you can check that out on social at si.allbruins on Twitter and at si underscore allbruins on Facebook. So once again, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, just want to make sure everyone's subscribing and turning on notifications and everything, catching the show every Monday. And with that down, uh, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next week.
Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.